I already forgot what I was supposed to say. Well, Tesla and Pearls, show some respect. Because you get to listen to me twice. That's awesome. Hey, then Julie. I have rabies. It's hard for me to swallow water. Welcome to the Ride Around Podcast. A chance to step away from our own notebooks and into another's. My name is Steve, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Cade and Julie. Julie, what are we talking about today? Today, Steve, we have part two of our write-around. Last time, we did the introduction as well as a reading of my story from it. And today, we're going to be continuing with Cade's story on the same introduction. Very excited to hear what he wrote. Uh, Cade, tell us a little bit about your story. Sure, yeah. So we talked about this last time and basically just a reiteration because this is not something that I'd be... 100% confident submitting to be like a final publish, but this is a rough draft. So it's going to read like that. Some of the ideas are not even fully concrete, and I'd probably want to change them again. But that being said, with the introduction that I had done, that we heard last episode, we'll hear again shortly, and this piece here, I kind of rushed some of the endings, and they didn't exactly get to some of the points that I wanted them to do. So some of the story that I'm going to actually start writing is going to be something that I originally intended to be included in the introduction. And then the ending, it'll it'll get to a point that pushes to the story that I wanted to tell after. But I was going to keep that in mind while we're listening to it. Don't judge me too harshly. And I hope you guys enjoy what I came up with. All right. I'm sure it's going to be great. I'm going to insert the intro from the previous time as a little refresher. Uh, If anybody wants to skip ahead, that's totally fine. It's the same introduction. Candlelit Nights, an introduction by Cade Belknap King. I wish that I had given a second thought on heading to this remote massage parlor the moment I looked out the car window and stated, this seems weird. My friend said it was easy to find, just a little outside of town, look for the hidden road entrance, and I would be on that until I arrive. There was no problem finding the crudely paved road, but why was it taking so long now that I was there? I had been driving for nearly an hour, something I'm sure I would have heard of beforehand, but now I was committed. The full oaks that painted a scenic drive through nature quickly evolved into monstrous pines that, with old decaying branches. So, for over an hour, I watched what seemed to be the same trees pass me by time and time again, but after an hour and 17 minutes, I arrived. The paved road ended and my car bumped over a hard dirt lot. I was in a clearing. The sky above was dark and overcast. A cold breeze rustled the pines nearby, but the parlor was stunning. Bright, warm lights shined through each of the windows on the first and second floor. It looked like a comfortable lakeside cottage. A large front patio, a great wooden doorway, and a beautiful landscaping completed with multiple Japanese cherry blossoms along the front of the house in full bloom. Was it even in season? All welcomed me at my arrival. Writing this now, I feel it is vital for me to tell you just how peaceful and relaxing this place looked from the outside. It feels critically important for me that you understand this detail. So as we progress, and you ask yourself, why does he not just leave? Or, if it felt so uncomfortable, then why did you stay? Why didn't you just turn around on that road? Because I was desperate for some relief from the twisted knot on my back that would just not give me any solitude or release. Entering the massage parlor felt just as comfortable as it did from the outside. Somewhere, hidden, must have been a speaker which was playing a soft, melodic humming sound. 
Lush green plants were potted all around the room. A steady stream of water trickled from one of the walls, dripping into a reservoir of water below. The reservoir flowed into a larger pond inside the lobby where koi fish swam. Sitting down across the lobby was a woman. She was reading a book, which she sat down out of sight before I had the chance to see what it may have been. She looked up and smiled at me. It was a kind, hospitable smile. I found it to further disarm me of any discontent I have accumulated on my trip here, and already it seemed to loosen the tension I felt in my muscles, if I remember correctly. The woman carried herself in a mature manner, but her features had a softness to them and the resemblance of youth. She met me at the counter in the center of the room and waited for me to speak first. I told her I was here for a massage. I explained that I had tried to call to make an appointment, but was unable to reach anyone, and my friend said that they accept walk-ins. My statements were met with quiet, and she continued to smile as if she was looking for more information. The pause in conversation went on long enough that I provided more. I told her that I came a long way and would really appreciate it if she could squeeze me in for an hour. I'd be willing to wait. Finally, she said that it would be no problem. They had an opening now. I was the only car in the lot. This interaction confused me, but I still felt overall relaxed. Something about the atmosphere in the woman's presence just put me at ease. The only element of discomfort I felt in this room was a distinct coldness. A sharp distinction from the warm, albeit shady, day outside. She led me up a stairwell and down a hallway which was now dimly lit and jarringly cold. I rubbed my arms with my hand to give, give it some friction and some warmth. The woman wore a tight black short-sleeved shirt and shorts, but showed no signs of being cold. At the end of the hallway, she opened a door to what would be the room where I would receive my massage. A plush massage table was in the center of the room. The headpiece was positioned opposite the door. Folded on the table was a thick silk comforter. A dresser and unit against one wall had multiple oils set on top, but it was too dark in the room for me to make out what they were. Each of the other walls had multiple empty shelves and cubbies. I could hear the running water, which I saw in the downstairs lobby. The melodic hum was still playing in the room at a consistent, faint sound level. The only source of light in the room, which was even darker than the hall that I had come from, was a candle that was already lit when we entered the room that sat opposite the dresser table. She asked me to disrobe and lay beneath the comforter with my head face down. She said that this massage may be different from others I have received in the past, but reassured me that the customers always found her method satisfactory. It was important that I be completely nude for the massage, and that I do my best to keep my head face down on the pillow. She was going to leave the room for a moment while I got ready. She also asked that I pick one of the oils and set it in the center of the dresser before getting comfortable. The door was closed behind her, and I find myself struggling to describe just how dark it became. I became acutely aware that there were no windows in this room. There was not even light seeping in from the doorway. The only source of light now came from the candle, which held strong. It hardly flickered. I disrobed first, down to my underwear, which I wanted to keep on a little longer, as it was still so cold in this room. I tried to make out where, what the oil said, but it was too dark to see, so I grabbed the candle and brought it over to the dresser. There were three options. Twilight sage, burnt rose, and drowned ginger. Part 2. Drowned Ginger I hardly even hesitated at my selection. Just reading the name of the scented oil was enough for me. 
Holding the candle with its steady flame in one hand, I reached out with my other to grab the bottle named Drown Ginger. It felt instinctual. Of the three options, this one had the most ominous of names, but that didn't even faze me at the time. I wish that it had. It wasn't the drowned part of the name that stood out to me, but the ginger. Just reading its name, I felt washed over with a feeling of nostalgia, to what I wasn't certain. Immediately, the memory of its rich, aromatic scent was conjured into my nostrils. It felt inviting, and I felt my mind relax. For the first time since I entered this parlor, my body felt warm, and the tension in my muscles eased. Everywhere except that twisted knot in my back. A cool sweat began to bead all over my body. I knew that this was the choice. Memories flooded out of my mind, and without conscious decision, I thought of her. I thought of her wavy hair that would whip around uncontrollably on those long car rides with the windows down. I thought of her smell, fragrant and sweet. Mostly, I just thought of the meals that we would share. I could almost taste the familiar ginger flavor present in so many of her dishes. The thoughts made me feel warm, and I could feel the smile that had crept across my face. What wonder a memory can hold. My eyes must have shut, because when they reopened, I could hardly even tell the distinction with how dark the room was. The flame seemed to look right back at me, a small, lingering comfort. I set the bottle down at the center, as instructed, then placed the candle back where I found it. I took my underwear off and climbed onto the table, getting cozy beneath the silk comforter. No adjustment was necessary for the headrest. It was perfectly positioned. For a moment, I stared at the dark floor. I could, couldn't even make out where the void ended and the floor began. My eyes shut as to not worry about it. The weight of the blanket and the warmth it offered were sublime. I could feel myself drifting to sleep. Before I did, the door opened and I heard the soft footsteps of my masseuse step toward the table with the oils. With my eyes closed, my other senses seemed to heighten because I heard the faintest murmur of a curious sound slip from her lips as she stopped right where the oils would have been. I heard the cap twist off the bottle and I felt the sudden punch of the scent. Have you ever bit into ginger? Maybe a chunk was thrown into a curry and you mistook it for a chunk of chicken. How about that same ginger two days later as it had been sitting and marinating in the sauce in the fridge? It is strong. It'll make your face wince and your tongue curl outward to expel it. As this bottle of drowned ginger oil twisted open, that was the sensation I felt. An involuntary gag began to form in my mouth and I started to lift my head. But just as I did, I felt her warm, slick, oily hands run down my neck and gently glide over my spine. The pungent smell vanished and became inviting once again. She only ever said one thing after re-entering the room. With a soft whisper, we ask that you keep your eyes closed during your session. The massage continued in silence. Her hands were magic. Each stroke across my back was a precise and fluid movement. Like waves, her movements washed over my skin, rhythmically beating down on each bundle of discomfort and welcomely crashing down on that twisted knot. She was pulling the pain right out of me. There was no distinction from where my skin became her touch, not one that I could sense. Were my eyes open or closed? I couldn't tell. My back was the center of her attention. Time might as well have stopped while I was in this room. I felt like I was in that position forever, but had no intention of ever leaving. If I could die like this, then that would be my chosen time. The small aches were systematically broken down. I was being born anew on this table, underneath the sheets. There was only one thing left, the knot. It was located just left of my spine, about halfway down my back. She had found it and it became her adversary, 
pushing back with each motion of her fingers, knuckles, wrists, and elbows. I could feel her determination. Victory would be hers, and I would win the spoils. She pressed, the hardest she has yet, and my eyes opened. There was light on the floor that wasn't there before. It was the hue of candlelight, but now coming from multiple positions around the room. One from the left and one from the right. I couldn't even see the candles behind me before. I didn't have time to lift my head for a second when she first walked in the room. There was no way she had the time to light more candles. Her hands never left my body. Was someone else here? My body must have tensed because her hands immediately shifted away from the knot to the new area of tension, like a shark in pursuit of fresh blood. The comfort from her touch was too soothing and my eyes shut again. It was everything in my power to resist the aura of relaxation. My mind was compelled to look around at my surroundings, but my body wasn't cooperating. I tuned in to my other senses. The rich, pungent smell of ginger was still there. The air was heavy with it and it stuck to the leather of the massage table. It took all of my strength, but I forced my eyes open once again. What I saw shook me to my core. It was as if the lights were on in the room. It was bright with the moving lights on the floor, candles burning bright so I could now notice their heat. Odd, yes, but that was not what I found to be most disturbing. The shadow from my masseuse was unlike anything I had ever seen. The figure's spine was hunched forward and tall, curled over my bare body. Spiky appendages jetted from its back and multiple arms were pressed into my flesh. Its face was elongated and appeared to be focused on my body. The movement it made was subtle. Still, I think that maybe it was all in my imagination, but I am sure I saw it. The face moved, slightly, to stop looking at my back, and started looking at my at the back of my head, through my skull and hair, directly into my eyes. I could sense my awareness. I could feel it. With haste, I pushed myself up from the table. There must have been one hundred candles lit in the room, maybe more. They flickered in unison and were certainly letting off enough heat that I no longer felt that icy chill. That thick silk comforter sloughed off my body and I stood nude in the room, alone. The masseuse was gone. The monster was gone. I didn't hear a door close or any sound of footsteps fleeing the vicinity. I could not explain what had happened. I know that someone was with me, touching my body just moments ago, but now they were gone. My heart was beating so hard I thought it might pulse right through my chest. My eyes darted all around the room, begging to see anything that could explain the confusion of my situation. I had to go. Leave this cursed place. I still had my underwear nearby, but the rest of my clothes were gone. I slid them on and opened the door. The hallway outside was lined with lit candles. They ushered a path through the hall and back to the stairs we took to the room. It is so much warmer now. Instinct was taking over. I just kept moving. There are more candles downstairs in the lobby. The hostess was gone. I paid it no mind. I ran to my car and panicked, remembering that my keys were in my pants pocket. To my joy, the doors open, and strangely, the keys were already turned in the ignition. I just drove. The car screeched as I rapidly turned the wheel to peel out of the dirt lot and back onto that long road through the woods. I wondered if I would ever make it out of here. I thought of my life before coming to this place. Memories of my past began involuntarily replaying in my mind. I thought of my home and found myself longing to return to the comfort that it offered. Mostly, I just thought of her but I was struggling to even think of who she was. I loved her, that much was certain, but her features were blurry at best. I couldn't make out her face. I couldn't remember what she looked like, or sounded like. Just dark, wavy hair, and a strong smell of ginger. I craved that smell of ginger for so much of my life, but now I would do anything to make it vanish. 
I must have been driving for ten minutes now. Whatever cursed creatures resided at the massage parlor were behind me, and I felt the ease of safety return to me. The knot in my back pulsed worse than ever before, but I drove on, determined to escape this hell. I was almost to the exit. The barren trees were once again filling with vibrant greens. You'll have to take my word for the joy I was feeling that this nightmare was ending. Ahead, just on the right, was another car. Its hood was caved in, smashed on either side of a tree. One of the branches from the tree plunged through the windshield in the driver's side of the vehicle. I pulled over to assist. There were two passengers inside. On the passenger's side was a woman. Her head was bent forward on the dash. Dark curly hair covered her face, masking her identity. The hair became matted and damp as blood seemed to be pooling from some place beneath the canopy of hair on her head. It dripped from the undercurve of the glove box into a moist collection on the carpeted floor. Some prepared meal she must have been carrying joined the blood on the floor. It formed some vile concoction of sauce and bodily fluids that made me nauseous to the sight. The driver was still moving. The tree clearly fought back after its assault, with one of its strong natural armaments piercing through the glass windshield and stabbing right through the driver's chest. It exited in his lower back and found purchase in the cushion of the seat behind him. I just stared at the man with painstaking anguish. He frantically looked at the female passenger, but was unable to even help himself. I couldn't move. I just watched. Strength was fading from the driver. His battle for life would soon come to an end. He looked around, now hoping beyond reasonable chance that someone, anyone, would come save him from this horrible accident. He looked at me, and his own reflection looked back at him. We left early this morning for a couple's massage. My beautiful wife had curled her hair for the special occasion and packed away some fresh curry for a picnic after, one of my favorite things that she would make. The massage parlor was just off of a hidden entrance down a forest road. You can't miss it, assured my friend. Just make sure you go slow around the turn. A warning I wish I heeded. Yo, that's yeah, very good. made me that's... cry. That's so sad. That's short stories, man. You can finish them like that. <laughs> Yes, that was like real emotional. A very strong foray into a short story writing, Kate. I like it. Okay, just let let me give a little background into Mm -hmm. when I was writing Mm -hmm. this piece originally. It was going to go a little bit further from the three choices that we had. Um, Because originally when we uh, kind of, you know, proposed this idea that we were going to be talking about, we said that I was going to write an introduction, Julie was going to do the middle, and then Steve was going to do an ending. So it was actually just going to be a single story rather than the three different stories that that we're creating now. So where I had intended to end was basically once he starts getting the massage and he opens his eyes and sees that there's now a bunch of candles in the room, that's going to be where the story like would have basically ended. So maybe at some point we can talk about what you guys would have done if that. Uh, I see. Okay. We can talk about all of the stories we've created first. Yeah. In the future, we definitely should do another ride around exercise where it is like the start, middle, end thing. Because I do like that idea, but I do like what we've done here as well. This has been very fun. Yeah, for sure. So I guess I'll go first because this is a very interesting setup since you are the one who wrote the intro. When you had presented like the three options, was this kind of like, did you already have like this entire story in mind? The kind of resolution of like the options you presented and when you were kind of like initially going to hand it off to us you're like this is what i had in mind but it'll be interesting to see where it got gets diverted or did you not have any idea in mind for where the sword would go once you got to the point you were intending at ending 
Yeah, I, I think I had, like I said, I just had a further idea that I wanted to end it to at the intro, but I didn't really have my whole ending. So at the end, obviously, you get the idea that the massage parlor wasn't even real, and he had some kind of like, you know, near-death experience, or mm-hmm. a death experience, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Where his life starts to kind of like flash before when he kind of gets these almost hallucinations of whatever's happening as he's losing complete control. That part did come later. I mean, that, that came recently. Um, I knew I wanted to give it a kind of like, like a more dark and like horror element to it. And a lot of those kind of pieces, like once you start to see that, especially once the massage starts in my story, that's really when you start to see some of those horror elements. Um, before in the introduction, it's a lot of just suggestion that something goes wrong. Yeah. Or at least weird. Which, you know, in Julie's story, she took it in a direction that ended up being like basically like a happy story. Like it was mm-hmm. weird, but mm-hmm. like it definitely had a much happier ending compared to this one here. Yeah. I knew that I wanted to like, kind of chase that more like horror and like those dark elements, but they were not originally intended when I created the introduction. I wanted to make the introduction more open so that you guys could also make whatever story you wanted. No, it was, it was very, uh, it was very cool seeing like how you took kind of like the prompt of your own exercise and kind of went with it. So it's like, you're like, oh, I have to partake in the challenge as well. Well, let's see what I do with it. It's very cool. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. To make sure that, you know, I didn't give you guys just utter trash to work with. (laughs) (laughs) What's the whole thing? Like a good leader doesn't give people something he wouldn't do himself. Kind of that situation. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, you executed very well on it. Julie, do you have any questions that you'd want to present real quick? Not real quick. You're going to take your time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I just wrote down like some notes about like the things that I kind of noticed. So yeah, the main thing that I feel like you did a really great job on was um, your descriptions. I feel like I liked that you used like kind of all the senses. We were talking about like the smells and the tastes. And like, I think that that makes the story like really immersive. And I felt like I was there. So I think you did a really great job with that. So do you feel like for you, I know like we had talked last time about like how I think you said you don't like dialogue. So do you feel like you like naturally kind of like come up with these descriptions or is that more something that you're like have to focus on and like think about more? And like how is like your writing style in that sense? I definitely, it does take time. Like I don't think it, a lot of times I'm, especially in this story, I was struggling to get to a part where I was like really kind of flowing with it. Um, but there definitely like were segments that did start to just kind of like go very fast. Like I think when I was describing him first opening his eyes and seeing the light on the floor, like that started to really write pretty quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. but then like just some of the, like the, here's the part that I hated writing the most and where I got kind of stuck and it's rushed and I think it sounds rushed, but basically once he pushes himself up from the table and he starts to like flee the massage parlor into the car. It's like describing like movement and like rapidly transitioning scenes. I find Mm kind of like challenging because like, I could just say, I guess you ran to his car and like skip like two paragraphs of (laughs) weirdness in the massage parlor. Cause like the writing of it is not very, I don't know. I don't love it. It's not very, I think you did a good job with it, but I understand like, cause obviously like I focus more on short stories. And so I'm very used to the idea of like within a very small amount of space, you have to move from like event to event to event. Um, so it's the transitioning between like the key points that you want, or even kind of describing like the process that kind of lead to like something that you're building up to. 
you have like the one thing that you want to build to in your mind very clear and you're like, well, how do I get to that point in a natural way? And so how much time you spend on like, is this detail important or is this kind of like not to get like neat, not need to get examined as much? It's it's not easy, at least from my experience. So but I think you did a really good job with it. That could be like, it'd be a tough episode to fully get yeah, into I'd, an mm-hmm. episode on transitions. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really, really challenging part about writing. And whenever yeah. I have done it, I've just noticed that I'm like, oh, I know what I want to happen next, really. Mm-hmm. But I can't just be like, and now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, especially in the short story that I wrote, you'll notice, like, since it was like a shorter exercise, wasn't as thought out as, like, say, something like The Sunken Planet, you'll notice, like, there are things that I feel like were just like, all right, we did the, we got to the one cool part I was trying to get to, we got to another cool part. So it's like, I was frantic or, things were suddenly happening, you know, just to kind of like, let's get this going, you know? So, <laughs> but I think there's yeah. like stuff like that is what gets fleshed out during like more editing and drafts and whatnot. Yeah. And I think like with transitions, it's probably yeah easier with longer pieces. Cause you could use like chapters or mm-hmm. even like in the sunken planet, you had kind of like three sections. Yeah, exactly. So I think, mm-hmm. yeah, if it's like a little longer transitions are definitely easier. Yeah. That'd be a good episode. Cause then we could talk about pacing too. I think pacing in general would be a better idea for an episode as opposed to just transitions. I think pacing is like, that's, that's a really good idea. Right there. Write this write down. Down. I did. Oh, I did. Don't worry. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. That's awesome. Pacing. That's what it is. That's mm-hmm. the issue I have with a lot of my stories. Like <laughs> I get to the point, I feel like I want this to happen, this to happen. I don't know how to pace them properly. That's like with the one yeah, story that I'm working on is like, I feel like there's just one thing I'm like, the points been conveyed, but it's you know I gotta pace it out properly. That's yeah, that could be very useful actually. I like <laughs> it. I need this episode now, right now. Can we just end this episode? Like, all right, no, I'll show you just... what I've been working on real quick. <laughs> well, let, let me ask you guys a question, because here was yeah. like another idea. So I think I decided, you know, shortly into writing my part here, that I'm like, I wanted that to be the ending. Him like basically, nice. Mm-hmm. He has died, but. I kind of just took the name like Drowned Ginger, which I very abstractly created. Yeah. And I wanted to try to throw in like, instead of him crashing into a tree, like it like goes into like a lake or something like that. So they're like, I was going to ask about the drowned part, but what in my mind, I auto filled it into being, well, I'm assuming the meal that she was carrying at the moment had ginger and you described the food intermixing with the blood. So I was like, okay, the ginger is blood. The ginger is drowned in blood. That was kind of like the, I filled in the gaps there, but I was thinking during the story, like of the two elements, the second, the first heart half seems not as well represented as like the ginger part. Cause that seems like a very yeah. strong motif that's like present throughout, you know? So. And I tried to, um, yeah, throw in a little language somewhere. Like when she's trying to give him the massage, I was trying to see if I could find where it is, but. Let me see here. It was basically like when she's doing the massage, I say like, you know, like waves over the body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of like water kind of. I see. Okay. Vocabulary mm-hmm. that was like hitting both like. Yeah. Movements and. I think you you could have also done like when you were describing like the injuries of the the main character. If you had done more of like a, you know how like if you had described maybe there was like blood maybe like filling his like if the tree branch was maybe closer to his lungs you could talk about how like the blood was filling his lungs so he feels like he's drowning you know what i mean like i feel like you could have worked with the injury to do something like that also this might not make any sense at all but since the room that he finds himself in 
is like fantastical almost. It could be like he opens up his eyes and he's like underwater, but the water's like tinted red and whatnot. And there's like some weird like like oh, the yeah. creature's already like you can make it like almost like a, somewhat aquatic in nature, so it's like or I, mean, I don't know something along the like parasitic looking, so it's like something living in his blood. I don't know. Not that's that's a whole like yeah. I don't know necessarily if this where you could go, but it's like you know the massage room is like seemingly he's drowning in it. He's like, what's going on? I can't breathe you know then it ties back to the reason he can't breathe is actually because like julie said his lungs have been punctured by a giant log and it's filling with blood you know i I like that right yeah i do no no it was fun to write i have not like written an actual uh i haven't actually done a lot of creative writing like outside of D &D in a lot yeah i think this is good exercise for all of us you know so yeah yeah just getting back into it was definitely Mm -hmm. uh i had a good time doing it and maybe you're a good short story writer you should yeah, consider that was really good. yeah it's like like especially because you are going to be more pinched for time join me on the dark side yeah. you know look, <laughs> yeah. look at julie she's been working on this one book forever that come on just ju- do a story go to the next one you know don't dedicate yourself to one narrative <laughs> and then we can share him on the writer on podcast tomorrow exactly exactly i'm still trying to think how we're going to get through julie's like story uh on the this podcast the first chapter there you go <laughs> You're gonna have to, like, yeah the first chapter like pick up chapter. the only other thing i wanted to say was when you were describing the creature how he like had multiple like arms or whatever mm-hmm. it reminded me of like you know like spirited away the movie mm-hmm. yes movie. Mm-hmm. like the guy what's his name the boiler guy Mm. I haven't seen Spirited Away in like, it's like a boiler guy. Oh, yeah, I, this, he it looks has like all a spider. the arms and like yeah, I looks mm-hmm. like a spider. I just like pictured that kind of thing. Oh, like, animated, yours is a much like, more generous you. characterization. In my mind, Kate is a Dark Souls fan, so I think you'll appreciate it. I was imagining like from Dark Souls three, like a mix between like the centipede sewer demon things. Like mm-hmm. you, yeah, like something with that, like just like skinny limbs or like those creatures from Elden Rings that shoot out the web, something along those lines. <laughs> I think that's good. And then maybe like, you know, posture of like still from Dark Souls, the the dancer. Mm, I could see you that. Know, bent over and everything. I kind of pictured yeah. it being like thin. And then, but to be honest with you, the weird imagery that I was going for was like, this is terrible, but. Uh, in Hearthstone, the little the little murlocs. There's like a murloc Ooh, that's like bent over, that little like, like things sticking out of it. Murlocs. Oh, <laughs> I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you what your inspiration for the uh, design of the creature was, but murlocs got it. Okay. Yeah, I just really wanted to get something a little. Uh, it, it wasn't even like I didn't even think the creature ended up ever being like fully formed because you just saw like a silhouette of it yeah exactly you know? yeah right what was the like why did he picture a weird little demonic creature and all these candles you know who knows deeper lore <laughs> that was really good i think unresolved trauma within the person <laughs> all about trauma yeah mm-hmm. of not three bad uh and yeah we talk about trauma it was really good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. No, that so was far, a really good story. Yeah, this exercise has been has been really good being able to see both your writing style, Kate, and yours, Julie, because, like, obviously we read my piece of work on the show, but, like, this has been cool because, like, I don't think I've ever read, like, I've read some stuff you wrote, like, years ago, Kate, but, like, it's been forever since I've read any of your work, so it's been cool, like, just just that part alone, being able to, like, say, all right, readers, we've talked about our writing. Here's our writing styles. And obviously, it's... Not in ideal circumstances, but just like real quick, this is like what you can kind of imagine from us. So yeah, and I do yeah. think that this is a accurate enough depiction of my writing. Like yeah, I think my other stories, I try to have this kind of element, and in horror stories, I think it works a little bit better than having like tons of dialogue. 
Yeah, I agree. Like, I was scared. Maybe horror <laughs> might be along the same ideas of like what I like in sci-fi. Where it's like the more you explore it, the less effective it is. You know. Yeah, leave it. Especially for horror, like the scariest thing is the unknown. So you're like, like that murloc was very reminiscent of the <laughs> ancient myth of. <laughs> you know, you're like, okay. It reminded there. me of that two three Murloc that gave the Murloc chieftain from Hearthstone. You know? Yo, was that plus one plus one? Yeah. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> okay. Anyway, and actually, well, you just kind of made me think of a question. Not not that last bit there, but um, Steve, what do you like? My writing compared to Julie's writing, do you feel like it's like quite distinct? Your writing styles are very much distinct, yeah. Like especially because of the tones that you guys are going for, Julie's did have like a very like whimsical feel to it. Where yours had kind of like a more like obviously like yeah like a darker like tone to it and everything, but it felt more like visceral. Where Julie's felt like like ethereal and like whimsy, you know, because like the story itself was obviously like a man being whisked away by a sphere. Where yours is like someone like struggling against their own body against like some sort of like abomination that like appears out of nowhere so it was like yeah. yours was like kind of chunkier where julie's was like a man being lit on a journey he's like you know it's kind of like he's being like whisked away and whatnot so it was like there's no like permanence to it so like it had a nice flow and he's like i found these nice floating creatures and so it was very cool seeing like yours is like there's basically one thing that happens like well two he wakes up there's an abomination, and then he runs away. Where Julius is like this nice, like flowing journey through the woods. So it's not like doesn't linger on anything. He's more like observing the the environment around him until he finds like some form of conflict, which is like struggling to get these living creatures out. So yeah, obviously very very obvious differences between like the feel of the stories in terms of like, the actual writing. I think yours had like um trying to think specifics. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think that's like the big takeaway I had from obviously it's a very short, very small sample size. So, yeah, I feel like yours, Kate, did a really good job of, like I said before, with the description. So, I feel like you're really good at like taking like a scene and like really expanding it and making sure the reader is like in that scene. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm like less concerned with that and I'm more focused on like the journey and like going mm-hmm. somewhere. So, I think, yeah, yeah there, it's that's probably a difference. We'll get into mine soon, but I feel like of like between yours and mine, Cade, yours I feel like had like even though like I like the I, I focus more on short stories, this one I feel like I didn't do as much of a job describing like the environment. I know you guys have described like in the past I tended to like focus on that like to a certain strength, but this one it was more just like get through the events and everything. So you got through like your events really quickly in a short amount of time, but you still were able to like flesh out like the room and like the environment, which mm-hmm. was like really impressive. So because I, I guess you're right. Like, yeah. literally, like one thing happens in the story. Yeah, but no, like yeah, that's like powerful. You know, that's way good. back there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, great story again, Cade. And so, Steve, what are we talking about next time? Tune in next week, everyone. We'll be talking about part three of our ride around exercise, which is going to be my story based off of the third option presented in the introduction, the burnt rose. I'm very excited to share what I wrote with all of you guys. In the meantime, thank you for joining us. We'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining.